Welcome to the Business Addicts Podcast, where the stakes are high, talk is cheap, and results are on the other side of commitment. Hosted by a former addict, myself. And I'm his wife, Jamie. We uncover addicts' mindsets, showing that the talents you've created in your struggle will be the superpowers you leverage to heal your deepest wounds. Listen to former addicts share stories of how they've flipped the switch, including insights into how much we can believe in ourselves. For those of you affected by addiction, we support your desire to help the addict in your life by raising the stakes and creating emotional barriers. Welcome back to the Business Addicts Podcast. Today, we have a treat. We are going to be talking to two women. Amy has a business and has a background in working with Nicole, who's a coach. So we're going to introduce both of them, learn about their businesses, and also learn how coaching helped Amy. So we'll start with Amy. Amy, you want to tell us about yourself, your business, and where you were when you found Nicole? Sure. Be happy to, Kevin. My name's Amy Pierquette. I own Waterfront Graphic Design. I've had the business for 21 years. Um, And to be honest, on and off, I kind of felt like the business suffered. Like I, I just kind of felt stuck is the word best to use. Um, I did feel stuck in a lot, a lot of my life and I knew that I needed help and I just didn't know what to do or where to go or who to talk to, to help me kind of feel unstuck. Um, I like to joke and say that I had the biggest victim mentality out of anyone that I've ever known. I walked around with the biggest victim. Everyone was out to get me. Everyone was attacking me, like all kinds of stuff, right? And when I met Nicole, I was literally at the lowest point of my life. Um, Everything was just completely, utterly messed up. Um, You couldn't tell it from the outside, but I know from inside out, I I was literally a walking disaster area. Um, I had started what some people call the dark night of the soul. So I started looking within and going, it's not everyone else. It's me. Um, But I don't know what that means. Like I had that aha moment of, oh yeah, this is me. And then all of a sudden, Nicole fell into my lap through a mutual introduction and we were just like, Hey, let's just get to know each other. Right. Let's get on a, on a call and talk to each other. And after that call, and honestly, I can't tell you how long the call was, if it was 30 minutes or an hour or longer than that. But, um, after that I was like, okay, how do I sign up with you? It was like that instantaneous that I just knew that she was the person that would be able to help me. Um, my intuition was like, yep, right on. So that's kind of where I was. Like it was just this really negative mindset. I was a victim. Everyone was out to get me. Well, before we introduce Nicole, can you tell us a little bit more of like any details that are that you want to share around what Dark Night of the Soul meant for you? The only way that I can really explain Dark Night of the Soul for me was once I stopped. If you've ever heard that expression that when you point your finger at someone else, there's three pointing back at you. That's exactly what it was. Because like I said earlier, I was the biggest victim and the biggest victim mentality, despite the fact that when I was in the victim mentality, I didn't know I was in the victim mentality because you only know what you know, right? Mm -hmm. So I was constantly doing this, pointing the finger, pointing the finger, pointing the finger. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Um... And then when I 
started realizing, hey, maybe it's something to do with me. And when I took that finger and I turned it and pointed it within me, that's kind of when my dark site, my dark night started. And yeah. then I started working with an energy healer before Nicole, which I think amplified the process. And I started healing from a lot of mm-hmm. my traumas and, and stuff from my childhood or false beliefs or in any of those other things that I had within me. And that only took me so far. Right. And then that's when I started working with Nicole and she took it to the, to the next level and to the next step. Um, when I started looking within and I had like that first energy session, the energy clearing session, it was literally like a semi truck hit me. I felt like a big old truck 18 wheeler hit me. I had no scars, no nothing. It just, my entire body hurt and I was in so much pain. I couldn't literally get out of bed the next day. So I figure um, with my knowledge and my understanding of it, that that was kind of like, there's this trauma that I was hiding deep inside of me and then starting to actually look at it. It was like a hammer being hit on it, almost like you would hit an onion and everything just came out. All of this like pain that I was trying to avoid and all this frustration with life and and false beliefs that I was hiding deep down inside came out all at once. And once I did that, that's why I felt like I was hit by a semi-truck. All right. Well, thanks, Amy, for giving us a feeling of where you were at and uh, glad that you had worked with an energy healer. Maybe that was part of the reason why you were feeling so much, you know, was the just that you were uncovering a lot. And so. uh, All right. So, Nicole, tell us about your business and how you found Amy and how 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 things started to uh, work with your relationship when you first started. Yeah, finding Amy was one of those divine connections, I call it. Uh, I'm Nicole Eisler. I am the Super Feelers Soul Guide. I, I really specialize in working with Super Feelers. If you've ever been told you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, why are you crying again? Those are some common phrases that uh, I hear, or I will hear, I know I'm just too sensitive. And nope, you're not. <laughs> you're just a super feeler. So I hope super feelers turn what feels wrong into what feels right. We do that by tapping into their brand of magic, their um, their divine purpose. And I do all of that. I've wrapped things like law of attraction, energy work, uh, a lot of that rewiring with positive psychology and just creating a new self-concept and why. So my clients know who they are before everyone else's input. And so they get to really redefine that and why why they're here on the planet. It's a really important thing to know other than doing your chores and running a business and things that are part of life, but not really our ultimate purpose. The, as far as like Amy and I met, uh, it was one of those virtual networking things. And someone said, hey, you live in the same state, you should connect. So we did. Yeah. And then it, it really wasn't for the intention that we were going to end up working together. But, you know, energy knows best. So that was one of those magical matches. And uh, and we just went from there. And like for her and many of my clients, they'll say things like, I know I'm the only one that feels it or this may sound and sort of almost giving everything this preface of like, I need to brace you for what I'm about to say. But unfortunately, unfortunately, 
these are things I hear all the time from clients who have been in some sort of way, whether it's what they picked up from their own perception in childhood or things they were told directly, like the way you are is not okay. You should be this way instead. And we've all had maybe moments of that, you know, some kid on the playground said something or a teacher said something and it just sticks. And I like to take those moments and redefine them with my clients and really help them give it new meaning and new purpose. Right. So we, had, we don't always realize because our head wants to say, what's wrong with me? Oh, why do I feel this way? Why do I keep creating this or why is this happening? And so we're not trying to be a victim like Amy described. That's not that wasn't her intention. Like, I'm going to get up today and be a victim. But the feeling is, why does this keep happening? What is this pattern? What am, and then so to turn it and say, what could I do differently is not a victim statement. It's really like, how can I bring change to my outcomes? And that was that was one of those pivotal moments for her when, when she did that. So it sounds like you found each other at the perfect time. Uh, Amy, things had added up to where you were ready. You had started to understand that the common the common thread amongst many different situations was you. It wasn't that everyone else was the problem all the time. It was there was something in you that was causing uh, things to come up. So is there any examples of something that you switched um, early on that you feel like you could share? Like from a used to be a negative and now is a positive? There's so many things. I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess when Nicole mentioned about like digging into your childhood, you know, I didn't realize even a fraction of the limiting beliefs that I had from tiny little things that were said to me when I was a kid that made me believe I wasn't worthy, I wasn't good enough, or that was, it was literally holding me back because deep down inside, I took it as a core belief. And when you start looking into things that were done to you, like, my favorite thing, and I'll never forget this, is when working with Nicole, she said, no, think of a couple of things for our next time that we meet. Like, think of a couple of things from your childhood that you just can't forget, that you view as negative. And I was like, okay, so I thought about it. And this one memory of being punished at a time when I had no idea what I had done wrong, I was pushing my brother on a swing and I was getting punished for it. The next door neighbor was like, yelled over at me and said, hey, you shouldn't do that. I think you're going to hurt yourself. And I'm going, I'm pushing my brother on the swing. Now, granted, my brother um, was a really tall guy. So he's like, he was six, he's six foot four and he was six foot four at like 11 years of age. Right. So, I mean, he, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm five, seven. So I didn't get the, the height that my, my two brothers got. But maybe that he was viewing that like, hey, you're pushing this guy that's like, you know, half your, you know, over half your size and stuff like that. Who knows what he was thinking? Because he never said, right? My mm-hmm. dad came down and he literally yelled at me. He like, I got put into a timeout and he set me on a, the picnic table and he said, you, you, th- you sit there until you tell me what you did wrong. And I was like, okay. So I sat there. Well, he came out later. I mean, I literally, I was there all night because I think I was, I was set there before 5 p.m. and it was dark and this is summertime. So, you know, it's like eight or, eight or nine o'clock. It was getting dark 
by the time he finally let me come in and then he told me to go to bed and he kept coming out to me and he's like what did you do wrong what did you do wrong and I'm like I don't know I was playing with my brother and so we came to realize that that made me feel like I was just wrong like I couldn't understand even to this day as a grown-up what I had done he never explained it to me he never told me what I did wrong and he never explained why I was being punished and we did kind of work through that scenario of how I felt about it, how it affected my life. But then we also opened up this little can of worms of that was my dad's insecurities that he was projecting out onto me. Like he got embarrassed, right, by the fact that this neighbor was, you know, because he didn't want to look like a bad father. Right. And if you really start digging into projection and understand what projection is, it's that low self-esteem thing or this one thing that got triggered within him. And instead of dealing with it within Mm -hmm. himself, he totally took it out on me. And that that was pivotal. That exercise of that one thing, we did it multiple times, but that one changed me profoundly because all of a sudden I was like, wait, that was my dad's problem, not mine. Didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. So that changed everything in my life because now I know because with Nicole's like my aha moment working with Nicole, when people lash out at you, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's, go- it's what what's going on inside here with them, right? Yeah. In your presence just triggered what was bothering them inside. Yeah. So Nicole, how how much if we just speculate just for fun? on the percentage of like inherited or like, you know, energy that we receive possibly from someone else or even you know, just like out of everything that's quote unquote wrong or um, negative or limiting with us, what do you think the percentage of stuff that's not even ours? And, and listen, I'm, I'm all about being accountable, but there's a difference between being accountable and taking responsibility from someone else. Right. So, you know, my rule of thumb is if, if something's coming up for you, that feels negative, like it's diminishing your being, it's diminishing your presence. It's, re- it's making you feel smaller. It's reducing your confidence. It's doing things like that. It has something to do with something that we took in from outside of ourselves because, you know, your higher self doesn't talk down to you or make you feel like you did something wrong. So this is why we go into these new situations and you can think, oh, this is great, but why do I feel like I did something wrong and I haven't even said anything or I haven't. And and so this creates a different vibration for us, right? A different presence. Um, and so that's where these, it, it just, to me, those types of things are, well, I'm, I'm not going to say a hundred percent because sometimes even as a child, there are different ways that we learn things or that our beliefs are created. It is being told something directly. You're too sensitive or tell me what you did wrong. And so immediately your brain says, I have to come up with something I did wrong because that's the way the brain is, right? So if we, if we direct it, it will try to come up with that response or that, but it can also be from observing daddy's really mad at me. And I was playing that must've been wrong. Now it could have been two things because we're not in her dad's mind, but he was embarrassed. The neighbor saw he was worried. You could have hurt yourself or, you know, so this panic feeling, 
And so it's, it's either the way we're perceiving it, our ego is perceiving this thing and then developing a belief to protect you. So it's, it sounds like not great, right? To think that as a little girl, she had to come up with, I, I must've done something wrong because daddy's really upset instead of what would have been a great parenting moment. I'm not picking on her dad. We also don't do that in my practice. Okay. We don't pick on family members or anything like that. We don't judge them for their reactions. Um, but, oh, honey, move away from the swing. This is dangerous. <laughs> you both could get hurt, right? Could it, But she was hurt, wasn't she? Through a different... So it can certainly be something that, yes, comes from others. And, and that is typically a very high percentage, but it's also the way the ego frameworks things for us. So we become the victim or we become the one who made the mistake. We become, because that's painful, but sometimes less painful than thinking I've disappointed my daddy, right? Or as a little girl, uh, or I've let people down. And so we take on that ownership and we develop a belief around that. So it's, it's kind of a mixture and a blend, but we're really taught to feel bad. We are taught to, you know, you, you're too loud. You should be quiet. You're too sensitive. You shouldn't be so sensitive. You're, um, you're too quiet. Why don't you speak up? You're so shy. Why are you shy? There's all of these things and it, it becomes this twisted, like, Oh, you know, you can be anything you want, but don't be that right. It's like very confusing. <laughs> so I, I also look at it. It's, it's not as much about who gave it to you or where it came from. Is it working for you or not? And so if it's not, well, let's figure out what does. And, and from my rule, it's always, and my clients always laugh at this when I say, how is that perfect for you? How is that experience perfect for you? What can we do with that? Like, how can we make it purposeful for you so that it's not just this pain point uh, or this, you know, memory that's continuing to imprint in your current day life. So what did it really give you? I know we look at one perception is, well, it was painful and sitting there and all alone, like that part. Sure. So we acknowledge that, but now let's turn it into some power here. And really in Amy's case, it gave her this tremendous heart to not exclude people or shame them or, but to really teach them like, well, this would be better. Like, let's look at this. And so she has this deep understanding and compassion for people and really invite them like to a better feeling place. And that's, that's the beauty of the outcome, right? It was painful for so long, but then the beautiful part is look how she can help others from her own experiences. And so, yeah, so it's a high percentage, but. Yeah, but changing your mindset about everybody has things that happen to them. Everybody has had a bully. Everybody has had something that has happened to them. But instead of looking at it, what, what has changed in me the most is that I still get treated bad. You know, I was called some pretty nasty words just a couple of weeks ago from someone that I barely know. But what changed in me is that my mindset, like everything happens as a lesson, right? Like I'm supposed to learn something from it. Just like Nicole was saying about the thing with my dad is that it hurt for so long, but look at the positive that actually came out of it. So even when something bad happens to me now, 
I still look at it as, yeah, this is, this is not the best. I don't take it on as like a personal attack anymore, but I look within myself and go, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? This is, this is a lesson. So everything is a lesson. And so once you kind of realize that everything that happens to you is to teach you something. And if it repeats over and over again, it's because you didn't learn the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, I, I really have so far just really enjoyed listening to what you guys are saying. And it just emphasizes for me that how, like, how would this happen if there wasn't someone else for you, Amy? I mean, like, how could you work through this? Like, would you be able to read a book and work through this? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I just, it emphasizes for me just that people have such a valuable input into our life and like working and developing relationships with mm -hmm. people, asking people that um, have developed skills like Nicole, like other coaches, like uh, energy workers, like all mm -hmm. of these people that have developed skills because they uh, Nicole, maybe you can share, you know, where you came from and why you developed these skills. But, you know, they've, they've developed skills that they can help you with that victim mentality, with that negative thought, with that limiting belief. First and foremost, you have to realize, again, that there is a problem, right? Instead of blaming others or, you know, avoidance, which is a common. But the biggest thing with realizing that there's a problem is there's typically a big, huge pill you have to swallow of an aha that I brought this into my life. I did this, not anybody else. And that is, I, I even said when I was doing it, when I, when I was literally swallowing that pill going, I did this, I did this. Um, that's a hard thing to do. And without the help of someone else helping you through it, I wouldn't have had the aha moments that I did if I read a book. Now, I read plenty of books. I watched all kinds of YouTube videos. I watched all kinds of spiritual people when I was going through all of this and learning. So I wasn't just using Nicole. I was reading books. I was watching, you know, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube channels. So I was getting a lot of information. I was literally soaking in as much as possible as a big old sponge. So, but saying that, you know, just reading a book to work through it, I don't think so because I used everything. I used Nicole. I used all those other things all at once to become like this big sponge to soak in as much information. And I just wanted to learn and absorb and understand as much as possible because I, I, I was tired of feeling the way that I was feeling and I wanted to feel better. And but you, you literally have to hit that point. And sometimes, unfortunately, for, for some people, not all, you literally have to hit an emotional bottom to go, I'm done with this. And it's unfortunate, but I think that's how kind of the dark night of the soul works. It's like you have to hit bottom emotionally or any other way, really. But for me, it was emotionally. Um, you have to hit that bottom and then you go, okay, there's nowhere to go but up. But how do I do it? And yeah, books would not have done it for me. Coaching is a hundred percent it, but you do have to find the right one and the person that really resonates with you, right? Because I have worked with coaches 
prior to Nicole because I knew there was issues and I, and I thought it was my business, right? I would, oh, I just don't know how to run my business. So I worked with business coaches and then I was always let down because it wasn't helping me. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized, oh, wait, it's me. It's not my knowledge of business. It's not my my lack of knowledge in website design or graphic design or any of that. It was it was what was holding me back in here in my heart, in my soul. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm comparing a little bit my experience to yours and I don't think that when I first started coaching that I had some questions. It wasn't like I had really well, a couple years prior I had gotten to a really low place um in our marriage. And so that was a sign. And there was also a pretty big failure professionally, which I was not entirely responsible for, but I was concerned about my part in it. And, um, so I think that that was the start really. Uh, but then a couple of years later was when I started working and I, I don't think I was quite as vulnerable as you, maybe a little more resistant at the beginning. Um, I appreciated some of the impact right away of understanding where where I was being fearful of things, and I was able to create some space right away. But it took me a little while, probably because of of addiction and other things that that were causing me to just be really hesitant and very slow in being vulnerable at the beginning to really get to the point where I was willing to work on deeper stuff. Um, probably a couple of years really. Um, but so just give you a little bit of feedback about someone else. Like it's really the level that you were putting in the commitment that you brought to the situation, the, um, all the research you were doing on the podcasts and everything else, the books, uh, really kind of, you, it was like you gave Nicole a perfect client. <laughs> Would you agree, Nicole? <laughs> I yes, and that's so that that gateway coming in is again a lot of times, and this isn't that it's what Amy said. It's a mix and a blend of things that help you, but the biggest part is your openness. That oh, you know, there could be more. This is good, but there could be more. So if you're reading the books, this is where clients come a lot. I've read a ton of books. I've been to conferences. I've taken, I've taken, I've signed up for online, this or that. I've, you know, I watch videos and blogs. And, and so a lot of that information is awesome and it is great. But again, the skill that many of us don't have, how do I take that general information, personalize it and implement immediately? So even if you're taking in all of this information, we're not going to implement every single thing we're reading, but we're searching so hard. There's got to be something, right, that's going to help me with this big breakthrough. That's what they talk about, the yeah. big breakthrough, my aha moment. And, and you know, many times it's just, it's just, it's a process. It's, I know, we, yes, you can change, you can change your perception like that. And that is our goal, right? So I don't want it to take, it took you 20 years to get here. Well, let's take another 20 to get back. Like, no, and it's not even getting back. It's, how do you create this, this best version of yourself from right where you are as quickly as possible? So let's take what you already know, but let's start really implementing in a different way. So my story is very similar to anybody else's. I was reading the books. I was going to the conferences. I was, you know, investing in all everything that I could at the time. This was, you know, when I was becoming a coach, people were like, 
what's a life coach? Like, what is that? It wasn't all over TV and the internet and everybody knew that, oh, you're a coach. Okay. There's this thing coaching, you know, people would ask me like volleyball or soccer. What do you coach <laughs> people on what? their life. What? <laughs> so now we've evolved and, you know, it's gone from life coach to life alchemist and things like this, but I was doing the same thing, but I was going in with the perception that I'm broken. There is something seriously wrong with me. Like I have, I had constant anxiety. I didn't understand that I could feel other people's energy and I knew nothing about that. I never heard of this intuition was like, yeah, my grandma's pretty intuitive because she always seems to know things, but it wasn't like a tool I could use, right? It was, I went to my grandma and she just knew things. And so back then it just didn't make sense. And when we go into, whether you're reading a book or you're pulling an Oracle card or you're, and you're like, just give me the answer. Like there's something seriously wrong going on here. And it must be me. I'm the one, I'm the problem. Okay. Well, there's two versions of that. The way Amy's presenting it is she was ready and willing to say, how can I show up differently? Because if all of these things seem to have one common is me, hmm, well, but, but we don't want to go into it and say, I'm the problem because now you're still the victim. But because we want to say also, we're not like, oh, it's everybody else. Well, yeah, then where's your power? Right. If Joe's the problem, Mary's the problem, works, the problem, coworkers, the problem, you have no power to change any of that. And so there's this fine line between showing up, though, and, and being accountable. OK, I'm the solution. It's not that I'm the problem and I'm broken and I need fixing. Wah, wah. Right? That's that's also who wants to do that? That's a lot of the inner work people talk about. I need to do. I know I need to work on myself and sounds really fun. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to do that. And, you know, when we talk about words, uh, we had talked previously the word addiction. You know, a lot of people think immediately drugs and alcohol or but it can be wallowing. It could be drama. It could be distractions. It could be food. How's that? You know, yeah, it can be drugs and alcohol and those things. But the pattern, I'm addicted to the pattern in my life. It must be. So I love asking my clients, so how is this serving you? Well, it's not. It's terrible. It's awful. I don't like how I feel. I don't. Right. But what's it doing for you? Why are you keeping it? You know, we, we consciously don't get up and mm -hmm. say, I'm going to go do my negative pattern today because it's so awful. <laughs> I can't wait to really mess myself up today. That's not what's happening. But if we can just sort of shake up the perception a little bit, the books, the blogs, I'm not going to tell you they don't help. But what I have found is if we're going with the same perception of self reading this could be a miraculous book. It's got a, like the secret shifted my whole everything. Yeah, I made my kids watch it. You can ask them. My, my youngest still talks yep. about that. Remember when you made us watch it? But yep. <laughs> I was I was like, I want something different. Is this it? This is all there is to life. And then that was presented. Uh, but I still had to show up different. I had to. And so it was actually for me many years after watching The Secret that it actually that I implemented not from a place of okay, I'm going to try this because everything feels wrong. Nope, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't like where I'm at. So I want to manifest something different. How about I'm going to love where I'm at. 
I want to love everything about me right now, but is it, is it the best version? Could I be, if I could be more, not because I'm not enough, you see? So it's not that we're not enough. It's not that we're broken or we need fixing. We've yeah. just, we've been trying to fill the void with other things. And I want my clients to not have a void, right? They're just feeling, I guess I always joke, like you get to be full of yourself, <laughs> it's the, it's the, but in a really good way so that you're fully present and you're fully expressive and you're not this watered down, weird, filtered version that you are trying to be over here, but then a different version over here for this group of people and then different for your family. Super confusing. Who am I? And so this is why we're like, I just want to feel good where an addiction can come in. It could be a piece of chocolate, right? I just want to feel good. Okay, that was a good two seconds. What's next? <laughs> where I want sustainable feel good, <laughs> yeah. right? I want to help you create that ongoing. And even when life gives you something, and this is, this is one I find any coach I think would agree in this personal development arena, um, many people will come and they'll say, but I thought I worked on this already. You know, I thought, I thought this would help me attract, if I was a positive person, I was going to attract positive people. Well, let's not do the all or nothing thing. That's ego again. Yes, you will. You will, because we attract what we are. It's a vibrational thing. But you're also going to be presented with other vibrational things. How do you handle it? This is where I love showing and and this happened with Amy too, or like, I could hear it come like, oh, I thought I was doing really good. And then this, or, well, this happened. And it was kind of a uh, uh, feeling. I go, great. Why is it perfect for you? And then I also point out how quickly did you notice it this time? How far did it? I don't really do setbacks, but as a play in words, did you feel set back? How fast did you implement what you've learned? Like, oh yeah, you know, before this would have really affected me deeply. I would have been spinning in this for a really long time or really, but I, I didn't, I recognized what it was. I held my energy. I decided to go do this, this, this. I listened to this video. I listened to this. I read this, I journal, whatever. And I was pretty good. And isn't that really the, this is it. It's not to, uh, I know we love when we're in flow or things are really good. And so we try to fix that. Like I want to make it a fixed state. I'm going to just stay right here. <laughs> but it's more important to recognize when you go out of that state to bring yourself back in as fast as possible on your own power, right? Not with not with the substance, not those things, but, ooh, I feel a little off. What would make me feel better right now? What's What do I like and enjoy that's good for me that I can apply right here? And then come back because it's more of a dance. Right. It's more of a dance. So, I mean, don't go into things thinking I need fixing or I know I'm the problem. So that's a lower. Well, how about I would just like to mm -hmm. feel better. I would just like to find something that I can, you know, do on the fly that I can implement that I. So keep reading the books, watch the blogs, do those things, but don't get confused by it also that you need to. Well, this person said I have to get up at 4 a.m. and do all of these morning things for me to be, a, you know, great or no, because they're general things. And what works for this person may not be what what your soul loves. You might like something else. Let's figure out what that is and take these general things 
and personalize them for you. That's why I create personal strategies with my clients. Like, okay, all right, you read that. I get it. Sounds good. How does that feel for you? And if they're like, oh, I don't know. I really hate doing that. Well, we should definitely not do that then. <laughs> we should find something else, right? Not, oh, well, you're going to have to love it because I'll hear this one. I know. I just need to push myself or I just need to. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, let's not do it that way at all. And they're like, really? Well, what do you enjoy? Not that. Well, then throw it out. Let's find something. There's, a, there's like so many ways to improve your life. You don't have to go in a box. <laughs> there's also power in speaking. When a client says they're, they, and they just choop. Mm -hmm which is what I love. Don't, I can tell when they're thinking, I go, what's going on in there? <laughs> Where'd you go? Right. And then they're like, well, and then they say something out loud and they go, oh, I can't believe I just said that didn't feel very, that wasn't fair. And so they'll coach themselves. Hey, that didn't feel very good when I said that. Why am I thinking that way? You know, because I, I guess I was taught this. Well, that's not what I want to think. I want to think this instead. And then they start finding their, their power to speak their truth, not what they've been taught, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and what else are you feeling in there? And then yeah. more starts to come out. And I love when the floodgates open that way. So there's just so much to unpack here with what you're saying. I, I just want mostly to just leave it as, as, it, as you just said it, because it's amazing. Um, I'm going to just say a couple of things. One is that you're really good with humor. I'm laughing hysterically here. Uh, and part of it is because I understand like coaching humor, <laughs> like, um, anyway, but, uh, that whole, uh, idea of finding the person that's right for us, maybe back going back a few minutes, um, uh, 10 minutes or so, like just, um, really believing that, okay, you're doing all the things you're, you're, uh, researching books, you're doing podcasts, you're doing all these things, but just believing that you will be in touch with someone that can help. And that if you're open to someone, to a person being a mentor, being a coach, uh, being available to you in some way that they have developed a skill that's useful for you, that then you would find that person. Um, a lot of times I want to set people up with coaches, but I think that this way of finding people is more authentic. It's much more valuable that if you're putting out there and manifesting into the universe that you want someone to help you, that you have identified something that could be better in your life. Um, and just refer to all the ways that Nicole described that because the way she did it was great. You know, that you're going to find that person and it's going to, and they're going to come into your life and be available. Yes, I just, I believe that is just so, so beautiful. And Nicole, I wanted to ask you about that, that phrase, your truth. I hear some, sometimes people really um, focusing on, like they, they want to defend their truth as being their perspective. Is there a difference? What does your truth mean? Um, any of that, can you help me understand that better? You know, I think when you know your truth, you don't, you don't feel the need to defend anything. If you're not so sure, or you're having a, no one listens, no one hears me. No one ever listens. I'll, I'll hear this one a lot from five. Like, no one ever listens to me. They don't care how I feel. And so I'll say, well, what's the truth of mm -hmm. that? How are you listening to you? What? <laughs> like, what do you mean? 
are you honoring your feelings? Are you listening to your own, you know, are you being there for yourself first? Because when, when we do that, like I know who I am. So no matter what, like this is, uh, I have a, a one word response that I help my clients get really good at when they're in conversations with people they feel do not listen to them, don't respect them, don't honor their feelings. And a lot of times they give me the, <laughs> what you talking about Willis, you know, kind of thing when I say it. And it's just when the person's speaking, they just go, okay. In other words, this person is sort of disagreeing with you don't feel that way, or you're not this, or why are you doing that? And so they go into defense mode. Defending your point of view isn't really your truth. That's a reaction. And it's it, what it's really saying is, I don't feel, I feel I have words, so I need to prove it to you and I'm going to defend it and I'm going to, I'm going to banter and I'll, I'll get louder or I can, you know, and that's not really true. Truth is sometimes speaks the loudest when you're saying nothing. I just know who I am. You can say what you want about me. You can, uh, and I love helping my clients just get to a place where they can just, when you can move through your life independent of other people's opinions, um, their emotions, their moods, that's freedom. You're liberated. That's your truth. Yeah. Your truth is just beingness. It's not how you present your point or because I get it. I did it for much of my life. I was always told I was too sensitive. And then I would start to cry when I would get really upset because they weren't listening. And so then I would put, 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 and I could feel it right here. The lump, you know, you get in your throat and you're about to cry. And then I would start screaming because that would stop me from crying. And that's not your truth. Your truth is just being at ease. Your truth isn't always a paragraph you're saying in the in just the right way. A clients will say, well, can you help me so that I can say things in the right way so people listen to me? And I'll tell you, it's not, it's, it, when we say it's not the way you're saying it, I'm talking energetically. When you have a different presence, and you're at ease, you're at peace with your soul. Like you, when you're at peace with your soul, all is well in your world, no matter what. We think it's, it needs to be the circumstance. This person needs to say, I totally respect you. I hear you. I value you. But that's not it. It's really that you can be at peace with your soul, no matter what is or is not happening in your life or in our world. Have you noticed the world lately? Like, you, this is the most imperative thing at this point in this world is to be at peace with yourself so that we bring peace to the world. You know, many of these people are getting all offended and everything and looking for things and you can't this and you shouldn't that. And geez, it's really like, you know, I want to help my clients who are super feelers and energetically tuned in all kinds of things, really dial into what's your truth, what's your peace. If you're at peace mm -hmm. and you know, yeah. right now I know, so no one can push me out of my space. It doesn't, I'm not telling you that if someone you really, and this happens like clockwork, as my clients start to get empowered, knowing more who they are, redefining what that is, how they're expressing themselves, when and where, and whether it's artistically or in conversations, there are some people in their world who 
Now the dynamics have shifted in a relationship. They don't understand why. They're not like, you feel different energetically. Your vibration's a little different. You know, they're not doing the work we are, right? So they're like, what's with you? Why are you acting that way? And so the old response would have been, why are you saying that to me? Or why are you? And they're just like, well, thank you for sharing that. And that's all they're saying. And and they're at peace. Like, so to me, your truth is when you realize like, it's not for me to defend my point or justify my feelings, or it's really for me to be who I really am and to notice where, where am I matching with people who are like, that's amazing. Like when people come into my community, um, they're not all clients, but I have a, a free community and they come in or I used to have a meetup group. And I'm like, this is so like, I've never had this where I just come in and everyone feels like an old friend that I've known forever, you know? And that's because we want to be at peace with who we really are. That's, that's what I feel our truth is. It's not ranting on Facebook or um, debating, you know, with someone's point of view. And isn't that always interesting, right? It's your Facebook profile, but let me come and debate with you. Uh, It's not that. It's just, okay, well, thanks for sharing your view because that's your view. I don't want people telling me what mine should or shouldn't be. Why, Why would I go through my life telling people what their should or shouldn't be? It's okay if we're not, um, this comes up because I have, clients that are also entrepreneurs, (laughs) spiritual entrepreneurs, right? Or wanting to be and they go, oh my God, but what if I put myself out there and then I get trolls or what if, uh, you know, people argue with me, they're not your people. It's okay. Yeah. Let them be. And, and also the people in your life, as you are evolving and growing, you seem happier. People should want that who are in your life. If they are questioning, why are you so happy lately? Or what are you doing? You seem different and yet you're more vibrant. Your energy is healthier. You're feeling more alive. You want to surround yourself with people who don't question it in the way that like, what's that? But more good for you. That That's amazing. How can I get in on mm-hmm. some of that? Right? So that's your truth. Your truth is <laughs> exactly. beingness and, and just you know, just staying true to when I say staying true to who you are, I know some of this sounds so cliche by now and, but it is, it is really real. Like you gotta be true to yourself. It's one thing I try to teach my children and everyone. How does that feel for you? You know, are you doing that? Because it really mm-hmm. feels like say in alignment. Does it put you at peace? Right. That's, that's when your soul's like, yes. <laughs> We're on it. <laughs> so that's uh, just a few examples of how that, you know, looks in our in our daily life, too. Makes a lot of sense. So, a- Amy, as you became more aware of the truth inside of you, your truth, uh, just deeply understanding who you were, how did you how did it shift how you thought about yourself and how you appreciated yourself? Maybe even just use the word of loving yourself. I was going to say loving myself, right? Um, I really became aware of how I didn't have self-love and that I was looking outside for all kinds of validation. And once you start paying attention to what's going on in you, you and then 
when you start healing all of that and then looking within, you do start growing self-love. And over time, it doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen as as you keep getting challenged by your coach. Like Nicole kept challenging me every time I got on a call. She was like, mm, okay, and she'd point stuff out. And then I realized, well, I was really looking outside to other people to validate that I was worthy. And now mm-hmm. I don't I don't do that at all. I mean, I am not kidding, probably not at all. And even if I do, if I even just a little bit like that, like I go, oh, but that, but then I go, wait, oh, that doesn't feel right. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad Nicole brought that up because one, um, something that she brought up about the match, match, not a match, right? That was a huge thing for me. Like in my business, because I've been in business for 21 years, I really wanted this client, right? It's going to be like huge in income. And then like, I didn't get it, right? And no surprise considering where my energy was at that time. But when she would say to me, she goes, well, it's either an energetic match or it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Where are you sitting on the vibrational scale? And where is that person sitting on the vibrational scale? And if you don't match... You're up here, they're down there. You're just not a match, right? It has nothing to do with you. It's just your energies are different. And so I remembered, I started thinking back to the times where I didn't get a client. And I was like, oh, I really wanted that client. Oh, I must suck. I must suck. And I beat myself up sometimes for a month. Like I was really bad on how I treated myself. Now I'm like, oh, Okay, wasn't a match. Something better's coming, right? So how, how energetically <laughs> different is that, right? Like, okay, well, that client didn't hire me. Well, okay, just wasn't a match, right? Mm-hmm. Or and even even if I get down on it, it's literally thirty seconds, and then I say what Nicole said. It's it wasn't a match, not a match. Energy, not a match. And then I say, oh, something better's coming. That's why I didn't get it. And that is completely different energy to be in, like. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling really bad. I still get triggered from on things from time to time, like hurt. You know, someone calls you a nasty name. It still hurts, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that because you, you do the work that things don't hurt or you don't have bad days or you don't have sad days or, you know, whatever. But it it shows up completely different. Someone can call me a nasty name, Right. And it happened to me on social media. And we did it on social media just a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, well, that's not my, you know, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not, you know, that's probably projection, to be honest, right? Like that's that doesn't have anything to do with me, especially this person that barely even knows me. So why would I get upset about that in the past? That would have destroyed me. I would have been laying in bed crying. Now mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, that's projection. And then I'm up, I'm, I'm hurt, but it doesn't bring me down, right? And I get over it in a fraction of a time, like literally like mm-hmm. at most 30 minutes. And, and sometimes depending yeah. on how it is, because I mean, this was a pretty nasty cut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it took a little bit longer. It took 30 minutes for me to get over it. <laughs> but that's different than a month. That's a completely different you know, shift in how you take someone's projection out onto you. And we definitely noticed that as I was working with Nicole, when I first started with her, it was, it was 
an hour every week, wasn't it? I think. And we'd get on a call, we'd talk for an hour, and I had so much to say at the beginning. Blah, 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 blah. I was like chatterbox, right? Like, oh, I'm terrible. Life is horrible. Blah, blah, blah. What was me? And I would talk for the whole hour. Towards the end, I didn't even use the last month that I paid for it. Because like, we'd get on the call and I'm like, I have nothing to say today. Like, I'm just feeling so amazing. I'm feeling so great. And I'm like, we can continue the calls just to chit chat. But what am I saying? Like, I just felt so great that I didn't even have anything to complain about anymore, right? Because you get on those calls and you just start, you just unload all and complain and just, right? It's like word vomit. And then at the end, I I literally was like, I don't even know if I need these last couple because what are we going to talk about? She brought up something that I just want to share with, because if you're on a path and you're you're, reading or I'm implementing, trying to change things and doing things, Um, we're not really taught how to track progress in our favor is what I've discovered from, you know, our brain defaults to, oh, that happened again, right? And so I touched on this earlier too, when things are going to happen, you'll have negative people in your life, you'll have negative circumstances, because guess what? Not everybody in the world is working on their energy like you are. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if everyone was? We'll just put that out there for the universe. Wouldn't it be nice if everyone was working on themselves to be more positive? Uh, but that some people don't, and some people don't think they have to, and you know what, that's their journey, not ours, right? So, but to track progress in your favor is to not default to, oh, I thought I worked on this already, but look, this is happening, or I'll hear, you know, I take three steps forward, and then I take five steps back, and then I change your numbers. I took 10 steps forward, I took five steps back, whatever. No, you didn't. You're right where you are. That's it. You're right where you are, and so it, to track progress in your favor How fast did I recognize this compared to the past? How quickly, so there are two phrases my clients get really good at memorizing. Match, not a match is definitely one of them. I've been told I should make t-shirts, but uh, it would only make sense for my clients. But now it'll make sense for all of your listeners. (laughs) And, And notice what you notice. Don't just notice that this crappy thing happened, ugh, and then stay there, right? Notice what you notice. You know, I noticed this crappy thing happened. My energy dropped. That's normal. Why would I react? Yay! I had this crappy thing happen. We're not. No, no, no. Don't fake. You know, it's a fake it till you make it thing. It's really like I'm noticing what I'm noticing here. I'm noticing this happened. It affected me. My energy dropped. My mood sunk. Now I need to shift. But I'm gonna acknowledge that I'm feeling that way because it didn't feel good that this person called me names on social media and they don't even know who I am. But wait, oh, they don't know who I am. I know who I am. And so this having a conversation with yourself instead of just listening to why is this happening again? Or, oh, this person doesn't even know me and then getting caught in that loop. Who do they think they are? Blah, blah, blah. We're, you're out of your energy. You're in that person's energy who you'll never, like social media. <laughs> you'll, you, you know, hopefully you never meet them again. Nobody's going to walk up to the grocery him. store and know you and be like, you suck. Maybe, but hopefully not. Uh, hopefully we haven't you know, just sunk that far in this world. But right, so it's talking to yourself instead of listening to yourself. It's it's acknowledging, okay, you know, and then take a step back when something like that happens and say, you know, in the past, how would that have impacted me or affected me? Oh, I would have been in bed crying and not for a day, but like it probably would have that something like that could have bothered me for looping me back in and back in and I should have said this and why didn't I say that and instead I noticed what I noticed yeah. I shifted I adjusted 
It didn't feel good, but I acknowledge my feelings. And then I move myself to a better feeling place. You see how much power, do you see how you actually save time? You will save money on stress-related doctor visits or extra bottles of wine. Like, why not do those things because you enjoy them, not because we're trying to fill up from all of this pain? You know, pain is purpose in disguise, yeah. right? So it's our opportunity to say, this hurt, I'm going to acknowledge my feelings. If you're not doing that, please don't expect other people to acknowledge your feelings, right? We have to acknowledge our own feelings. I just had this conversation with a woman this week, and she wrote, oh, my God. Right after we had this call, happens like clockwork, someone called me all these names and they they said all these things. And I just held my I was calm. I didn't I didn't tolerate it, but I didn't engage with it. It didn't feel good, but I acknowledged how I felt. And then I brought myself to a better feeling place. And I'm still a little raw. Yeah, that's all normal. I know it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to not feel good sometimes, but don't, you don't have to stay there if we continue to loop, right? So let's, let's get the progress in our favor. Let's say, what, what have I learned that would help me move out of this feeling space that's really good for me? Well, how I can tell myself what I need to hear. Yeah, why don't I do that? You know what? You're pretty, you're pretty freaking awesome. Like, there's nothing corny about that. If you ask me, I talked to my, I don't have a, uh, my Basin house used to be here. I used to joke that I was talking to her. I talk to myself all the time. Hey, girl, like, wow, look, your numbers went up. Hey, look, that person felt good after that conversation she had with you. You have to be there for yourself. And it's not cliche. It's not corny. It's not because we have this random, ranting, you know, 60 to 70,000 thoughts every day that are just firing to keep you tucked in safe. But it's not that you're not safe if you step out and you start showing up for yourself. You just don't need to do it in this brassy way. One thing I've heard in this, uh, in our dialogue today that I just want to bring out a little bit too is you're working with super feelers. I would say I'm in that camp. I'm just curious what your perspective is about like the result because I'm, I'm thinking about my own experience and now I feel things, I guess, much more than I used to like Amy's describing that something negative comes and rather than judging it, we, we don't want to say, oh, well, that means that something negative is coming. You know, I'm, I'm bad. Of course, that's, that's where we had the ups and downs so much before, but like, I'm also thinking um, whether it's negative or positive, I feel it, but I'm not resisting it as much. I'm not like saying, no, I don't ever want to feel that. Nope. I'm, I'm not going to go there. No, I don't want that emotion. I'm not I'm not fighting it as much. Any any thoughts you have either of you around that? I have some thoughts. Um and you know this what I say it might be coming from Nicole what I'm what I'm about to say but um she was always saying like kind of like ride the waves. Like you don't you don't fight it anymore like okay you start getting mad instead of going no i shouldn't feel this way or i shouldn't whatever you just kind of go okay it is what it is you notice what you notice about it and you just kind of ride it the feeling because we're all emotional beings the feeling comes and you just go okay ride the wave and then it goes it doesn't control you that's what it is it doesn't control it doesn't control you for weeks or yeah. months or whatever anymore it just it's like boom and then you're out of it again i like the wave idea because it's it is a bit of a thrill whatever it is it's kind of like oh wow 
this is interesting. <laughs> That's a perfect word. I use the word all the time. Well, the word interesting is it's an observing word. Well, that's interesting. Okay. And so in our society, if you look at emotions, there's a, some big ones that, that I think we've been taught are bad, right? Anxiety, depression, um, anger, fear, <gasps> Ugh, shut it down. So for super feelers, the way that I described this, and most we live from the neck up. <laughs> and so we learned to think on our feet because feeling wasn't a safe place. So most of my, every client I've got, and I, I'm not trying to generalize or put everybody like a cookie cutter kind of thing, but there are, after coaching hundreds from all over the world, there are some things that I noticed we do share in common. And childhood was a big thing because if you were told, you know, now boys and girls, men and women, a little bit different journey and experience. Boys were taught to be tough, rub some dirt on it, don't cry, things like that, right? Now, if yeah. you're a sensitive yeah. boy, that's confusing, but I'm feeling like I want to cry, but I'm not supposed to cry because I'm a boy. And then girls, don't be so emotional. You're crying again, you know, those things. So it's just a lot of dynamics. So as a child, if you're <laughs> yeah. a super feeler, the, and the, that really means you feel everything's energy. So you feel the energy around you. So even as a child, not being consciously aware, but walking in, if your household was, as many of my clients grew up in households where there was an alcoholic parent or an abrasive drill sergeant kind of parent, or we didn't do emotion, we didn't do feelings in my house. Like if I cried, I was sent to my room. That can definitely develop into like, Oh, I was called, I have many clients that are called cry babies, whiny babies, like all kinds of things, right? And so those things when you're a super mm -hmm. feeler, the thing that we're missing in society is that there is no bad emotion. Every human being is wired with the exact yeah. range of emotions. However, which ones are activated, no, not triggered, I don't use that word, activated and when and how, and that's the personal experience of your emotions, which are only energy in motion. Emotions are energy in motion. So you can't have a thought without activating an emotion, which is affecting your physiology, right? So we call them bad mm -hmm. feelings. I feel bad. And there's not, I good or bad is the story or feelings are stories. Okay, so the emotion itself, that's part of our intuitive wiring. That's so your soul can say, hey, that doesn't feel right for you. Hey, that feels amazing for you. Mm -hmm. That's in the line. Yes, let's do that. That person, mm -mm -mm, toxic. No, you don't mesh well there. Like this isn't, right? And so we get all of this stuff, but then the story starts. Oh, I'm just being too sensitive. Oh, they're probably having a bad day. And so that kind of thing evolves. So when I work with my clients, I help them understand emotions are amazing. They're only going to impact your physiology or life positively, yay, or negatively, mm, something needs to change. The feeling, the story is, this yeah. is bad, right? And emotions are not meant to be controlled. But what are we taught? You have anxiety, take a pill, put it away, control it. Don't let your anger out. That's bad. But actually, emotions are really just meant to be felt physically so you know where you're at, right? Is this in alignment for me? Is this in my highest yeah. good? Is this something that doesn't, 
isn't healthy for me and I need to make some changes. So it's really about navigating your emotions and using them for what they're intended for, which is just to let you know if you're in the right place in your life with the right people doing, and you're really being true to yourself or is there something else going on? But what we're taught through those beliefs and those phrases and those comments and experiences and perceptions, our ego, oh my gosh, develops all of the story. So if you're having an emotion that doesn't feel good, it's not bad, but you need to pay attention and say, interesting. Isn't this interesting that I'm feeling this when I'm always around this person? What's going on here? And how am I showing up? And is this a healthy risk? And start to ask, ask quality questions though, please. Not, oh, look at me. Yeah. Why do I feel this way again? Right? Ask quality questions. What do I have control of? How does this really make me feel? Am I feeling heard? Am I listening to myself? Like this is where we can start to navigate our emotions for what they're really meant for. Emotions are amazing. I'm grateful for every single one. But when I had extreme anxiety to the point where I would be nauseous, I couldn't eat, I would lose weight. Yes, I had all this. I had, okay, ready? TMI, I would sweat all the time. I was like, I was so anxious all the time. And I thought, I'm really messed up. But then I started to understand, oh my God, I'm so worried about what everybody thinks of me. I'm so, they're upset. Now I feel upset. I'm, I didn't know I was reading the room. I didn't know I could do that. So let's use what we have, our abilities, intuition, yes. And your emotions are one component of your intuitive technology. Your body is the largest component where you feel your signals. <laughs> and so if we can get into our body super feelers, if we could take a breath and get out of our head where it's so tight and so like, <laughs> and go, how does this feel for me? Not great. You'll hear it. You'll, your body will never lie to you. It'll go, not great. Mm, that's interesting. Why does it not feel great? Uh, because this person always, you know, it's not like blaming, that's not what I'm saying, but it's assessing what's going on, right? It gives you the ability to accurately assess through your feeling power. Now, when people say, well, but does that mean I should make emotional decisions? <laughs> um, I'm angry, so I'm gonna cut this person out of my life. That's not what we're talking about here, okay? It's just yeah. really navigating the energy. That's, if you, if you do that and you channel it into the areas you want to improve, instead of trying to avoid and suppress and talking about emotions and the way that we are taught they're bad and you have a problem if you have anxiety. Yeah, but anxiety is not the problem. That just feels bad. But why does it keep showing up? Let's get to that root and let's figure out what's actually going on. And for super feelers, anxiety is a hot one. That's why I touch on that a lot because they, you know, we have 40 million diagnoses, anxiety disorders, they call it a disorder and all these other things. And I'm not saying that we don't experience that emotion in that way. And I'm not telling you to live with it constantly. What I am saying is there are alternatives mm -hmm. and holistic ways to actually use it in your favor because that's what it's intended for. It's not just meant to ruin your life, you know? Yeah, I mean just if just thinking about processing what you're saying like we can just say something is interesting we don't have to give it meaning about us mm -hmm. and 
we can safely listen to our body, to our emotions, and and just figure out what they're saying to us. This is something we can grow into where we can be more and more aware of what's going on within us and what the reason for that is so that we can catch it early and not develop it into something more major that might be manifesting in a physical way. Um, I guess uh, that just seems so valuable. And it, I think there's, you know, with addicts, um, usually there is some type of trauma. There is some type of, you know, feeling issue uh, from younger, from childhood um, in a lot of cases. And so, um, yeah, I just think this is just super good advice to just uh, work through some of this and to become stronger at processing that. Uh, to go out and find someone like Nicole and here in a little bit, we'll, we'll get her information. We'll post it in the post description as well um, to work through things. Um, I just want to start closing a little bit with just Amy, like where are you at now with your business? Like what's next for you? Anything you want to share with the group around the fact that you work through this? I mean, it wasn't, it's not like you've been, ongoing coaching for years like we've heard earlier there's there's been a period of time now where you've been able to succeed with this new style of living Mm -hmm. what do you have to say about where that's brought you my viewpoint on everything has shifted and so because I help people with like their websites and you know kind of giving them some advice on how to help grow their business I even see it now And I've pointed it out to some people that, okay, you've got a good concept here. You got to work a little on you, right? Because everybody, there's a lot of people that have the same viewpoint I did is that, oh, I just need to work on my business and everything else is going to be fine. But it's like, no, you have to. Not everybody's going to be your match, right? Be you, be who you want, you know, be you. Yeah, not everybody's going to resonate with it, but they're not your people. Do you want someone Mm -hmm. that doesn't understand you as a client? Or do you want that person that's like, I love her. I want to hire. So coming up with with that energy and changing myself and being more authentic to who I am and and the energy I am and and accepting and embracing myself, my my business has grown dramatically. I now went Mm -hmm. from a small little tiny business. I only worked with people locally. Do now I work with clients all over the country, right? But that comes from in here. You know, I mm-hmm. have an inner strength, a, a self-love that now resonates. But I'm, I'm being me as opposed to in the past when I was trying to pretend to be something that I wasn't. All right. So, Amy, if there's someone that's listening that has some graphics needs, how do they get a hold of you? And by the way, only the people that... that are connected to Amy and like, like her the way she is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just go to my website. It's uh, waterfrontgraphic.com. All right. Perfect. So Nicole, uh, I think you've demonstrated really well for us today. Both of you have uh, the whole power of coaching, the power of specifically life coaching, being able to transition your life from worrying about all this negative stuff to more understanding the power of what you've got inside of you, uh, learning about your truth, learning how to love yourself, all the things that Nicole has talked to us about today. If they want to do that, how do they find you? 
uh, I have a um, free community on Facebook. It's Super Feelers Soul Tribe. I'm in there every week. I present different topics. Um, but the other piece of being in the, the Soul Tribe with us is to surround yourself with super feelers who have this mindset that, hey, you know what? If I don't like it, I can change it. If um, I can actually find who I really want to be. Like who you are here to be is should be really entirely up to you. That's that's your territory, right? So it doesn't matter what you've been taught or what you think or what you feel mm -hmm. about yourself currently. It's really about what you want. Um, and so Super Feeler Soul Tribe on Facebook is another place. And otherwise, my website is NicoleEisler.com. I feel the work that I'm doing, the mission that I'm on is to create peace for generations to come. Well, it's been beautiful to witness the story here on the podcast. I really appreciate both of you coming on. Let's uh, change the culture inside of us and then really impact the culture in a positive way around us. Uh, let's go find the people like Nicole out there that can, that can change the way we think and can at least listen to how we're thinking right now and present other options. Um, there's so much that we can do. And as we heal, as we become, uh, go through our recovery, we can get to the point where we're helping someone else like Amy is. Really appreciated everything we, we heard today and hopefully it's helpful for everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And to stay in touch, email us at info at businessaddictspodcast.com.